Hello, folks. Just a quick update on our podcast page, Help for Wounded Spirits. So we had a Facebook page of the same title, Help for Wounded Spirits. Unfortunately, through this whole electronic big tech stuff, we lost that page with all of you who liked us and followed us, completely lost the page and had to start a new one from scratch. So we need your help. Would you go out to the new one and find it and like us? It's still showing a, a blip to the old one. But if you'd go out to the new one, Help for Wounded Spirits, and, and find us and like us again, that'd be a great blessing. Uh, we also heard from a couple of you folks who had questions and things were going on. Please contact us. Contact us privately on our Facebook page. Uh, whatever the case may be. Also, by the grace of God, our ministry is expanding, especially on the wounded spirit side. So we have a completely different place now to give to the wounded, the Help for Wounded Spirits uh, website. Uh, so if you could go to Wounded Spirits Ministries, you got to type out the word ministries, T-R-I-E-S dot com, and, and you hit give, it'll take you to a drop-down window that starts with general and list a couple missionaries, and then it says, uh, Help for Wounded Spirits podcast. Boy, we could sure use your help with a month or so coming at us, and uh, that'd be a great blessing. So quickly, we now have Help for Wounded Spirits, its own Facebook page. Please go out and like it. It doesn't look exactly the same as the old one, uh, but God is still blessing. We can't wait to see you folks out there. Secondly, we have another place for you to help us pay our monthly bills with Helpful Wounded Spirits, and that's at woundedspiritsministries.com, and then hit Give, and the drop-down window entirely that comes up will say Helpful Wounded Spirits website. Of course, this is a 5013C. Uh, of course, you'll get a receipt for your taxes immediately, and uh, we thank you very much for your time. We sure do love you folks. Praying for you daily. Thank you. Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. As always with me is my co-host, my friend, Stephanie Wesco. And uh, Stephanie, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Doug. It's awesome to be here. It is, and, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for always being here. And, you know, we're getting ready to do Psalm 14. Now, when I was in the seminary, I know I start a lot of things saying, so when I was in the seminary, or so when I was in Bible college, or so when I was in college, whatever. But we named this psalm. So Psalm 14, we dedicated to the atheists, to those people who have not accepted Jesus Christ, who've not accepted God. So hold that thought for a minute. We've been going every single day now for six days. This is the seventh. Going into the seventh day, we've been introducing you to Stephanie's kiddos and their puppy Thor. And uh, we've mentioned a couple times that Charles Truman Wesco Jr., or Charles, uh, her second oldest son, the greatest uh, laid-back, good-looking kid, uh, that Charles had wanted a puppy. And can I tell you something? Stephanie's a little bit... Uh, She's a little bit of a pushover when the kids hit her kind of hard. You know, not always, but uh, you got to admit, Stephanie, there's a good chance if they uh, get to you long enough, there's a puppy on the way. And, uh, but Charles. Quite possible. Quite possible. But Charles is the, <laughs> is the dearest, sweetest young man. And just let me say a couple things about Charles. Charles was with Stephanie and with her dear husband, Charles, and another missionary friend when, when Charles was martyred. 
and God has given him such a nice, friendly sense about him, a keen sense about him. He's smart, uh, and again, you know, he's sharp. And uh, so, tell us about Charles. Tell us, tell us a little bit about him. So um, he has always Charles has always been um, my laid back, easygoing ever since he was born. Yeah, that's just always who he's been, and. Um, he kind of is the one that he definitely is, I would say, the most, um, as far as dogs and things, he's he's always loved animals like that. Yeah. And we had a, we had a dog, a Sheltie, for many years. And that was Charles' buddy. Um, he loved having him, and um, he's just always been into animals, just kind of that personality. Yeah. Um, yes, he was. Um, he loves, he, he plays violin. He sings. He's awesome with little kids. Oh. He loves um, working with little kids. He's very patient. And um, he was in the car when his dad was um, shot and killed. And so um, because of that, obviously, he has he has to deal with that. And um, watching how God has worked in him and is healing him is beautiful to me. Um, he has a huge heart for people um, that that honestly amazes me. And he still prays for Cameroon regularly. Yeah. Um, of all my kids, he prays the most for Cameroon, which always just makes me smile because he's the one that, humanly speaking, should have the most to deal with there. But he prays for them and has such a love for the people there. It just, it's beautiful. And so, um, yeah, he's, he's an awesome kid. He's the reason we have Thor. Um, he didn't, he didn't let up on mom and made sure I remembered that I had said when we came home from Cameroon that once we were settled, he could have a dog. So thanks to him, we have Thor, but he's, he's great kid. He loves, he, he's really good at anything he puts his hand, his hand to, um, honestly. And so um, I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do with him. Um, yeah. He's the kid that not long after his dad died, came to me and said, Mom, I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do. And, you know, of all my kids, he was the one that I was afraid would flip and just totally freak out. And it was like God used his dad's death for the exact opposite of what Satan intended to use it for. Yeah. And so that's a beautiful thing to me. I'm excited to see how the Lord will use him. No, and, 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 you know, Charles, and I always add a little bit of commentary because I love all Stephanie's kids. I love Stephanie. I mean, we're all family. We're all, we're all closer than, uh, it's hard to imagine that just in a couple of years, we're all as close as we are, but but Charles is a wonderful young man. He's the one that, you know, little little Emmy, she loves Charles. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, the little kids will go to Charles because they know Charles is compassionate. He's, he's just awesome. And uh, yeah. as all Stephanie's kids are. So now you've met, uh, so you've met seven kids out of eight. So uh, next time we come out, you get to meet another one and uh, you get to meet Daniel. And, uh, but anyway, here we are. So we've been going through Psalms, Stephanie. And, uh, as we've been going through, we've been, you know, we've seen a lot in these first, uh, 13 mm-hmm. Psalms. 
uh, a lot of loneliness, a lot of heartbreak, as you say, a lot of heart calling or, or you know, heart prayer. Or, uh, and uh, we, we've seen an awful lot of that. We get to Psalm 14, and it's almost like we're dealing with the foolishness of men. And, and, and boy, can't we be foolish? And, you know, one of the things I'm thinking of, you, you know, and, and you and I have had this conversation, and I think you, Debbie, and I sat around and talked about this last time that God allowed us all to be together. But, you know, this whole governor of Virginia was saying that in his mind uh, that, you know, an abortion should include a baby being born, you checking them out. And, and things yeah. of that nature, that's just pure foolishness. But that's what yeah. man is left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. You know, remember now that they used to throw babies to worship God into a fire or to worship their God. And, you know, men, I mean, our generations, this is craziness. And, and here we are in Psalm number 14, 14 number 14, number 14, <laughs> man, I had an English accent come out of nowhere. And, uh, but it said, the fool have said in his heart, there is no God. And, and friends, let me just say this. I know we go over it afterwards, but if you say there is no God, you're a fool. You're a fool. There are corrupt. They have done abominable works and, uh, there is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They all, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all workers of inequity no knowledge? Who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for for God is in the generation of the righteousness. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's the denial of God's existence. It's the university depravity, you know, the universal depravity of human race. And, you know, I think about just how depraved we are, just how messed up we are. And if you want a picture of that, you're seeing it here in Psalm 14. I mean, yeah. what's coming to your mind as we read about this depravity, as we read about, uh, you know, just how much we've slipped and how men can be so vile? Well, it's, it's a little depressing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, when you think about how, how unafraid men are to shake their fist in God's face, yeah. And that's a frightening thing. Um, Boy, we see it every day. Yeah. And and it's... There's nothing really encouraging in this psalm. Um, but as I, as I look at it, I see... Um, I see what we see. You know, it, 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 David was seeing the same thing we see on a daily basis. And it, it's important to be reminded, I think... Um, to be reminded that these people are fools. That's how God classifies them because I think sometimes we get we get like God, they're getting whatever they want. Their life seems so pulled together and so perfect and it just seems like you're not doing anything to stop them. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's important to remember that God is seeing. Yeah. And I think it's also, I think it's, 
I think it's important to see that that, that David several times, several times as we've gone through these psalms, has referenced the poor. Yeah. And talks about God being the poor's refuge or their defense. And there's something very comforting about that because we are made in our world to feel poor, to feel messed up. We're, yeah. we're crazy. Yeah. And David says, ye that he's saying to the wicked, ye have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. And, you know, if we're going to be shamed and if we're going to be maligned, let it be because God is our refuge. Let it be because the wicked know that we are trusting in him. And there's something beautiful of knowing that that doesn't escape God's eye. Yeah. And that he is watching and that he is in control and he's keeping note. And that's that's a comforting thing to me. Yeah, he, he knows what's going on. I mean, God's not missing the score here. I mean, God yeah. knows what's going on. Uh, you know, we, we, he sees everything that's going on. He knows everything that's going on. And and there's so much here. I, I think, you know, as I look at this and, and I'm thinking about David and again, that lonely place. And, you know, we mentioned yesterday in the podcast that, you know, how lonely it is sometimes to be hurting how lonely it is when you feel all alone. I mean, we wrote that song, Stephanie, and I wrote those words for you. I, I, so I wrote a song, uh, and Stephanie, she always edits them and does a great job, and she writes the best music for them. But I wrote her song, There's a Light from Heaven. And what I did is I would write down for the longest time, for probably the first uh, couple months that I would talk to Stephanie, uh, I would write down things that she said to me. And one of the, stent- the sentences that struck me that we put in that song was, uh, uh, you feel alone in a room full of friends. And, uh, and, and you know, there were, do you remember some of the, the statements we made in that song? I Stephanie yeah. sang, sang them and fixed them so she could remember them better than me. But I think that's where we are. Yeah. Uh, you, you're feeling alone in a room full of people. You're not trusting anybody. You don't know what's going on. And, you know, and, and people can really hurt you during this time, Stephanie. And, and if you could take a yeah. minute to talk about that and, and talk about even the people that that we are, are close to us, are real close friends, whatever, people we love, how saying the wrong thing and coming off the wrong way or the attitude you have can really hurt somebody in a position like this. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, when you have someone who is in that place of being poor, and I don't mean poor, yeah. I don't think David's talking about poor here in the sense of financially. It's where we're, we're kind of the ones who are almost put to shame, um, like we're made to feel ashamed by others. And that's an awful place to be. Yeah. And to feel like you do not ever fit in, you know, just kind of that being in that place. And I think... That's what David's talking about here. And I think if you have a friend who is in that place, a huge key to seeing them have joy back or to smile or to be all that God, you know, you have an impact on them becoming all God wants them to be. I think a huge key is being an encourager, yeah, being someone who is there for them when they're down that, 
you're there when they're, you know, if, if, if they're having a rough day, you're there to build them up. You're not trying to make them feel like, come on, what's wrong with you? Snap out of it. That you're yeah. just there to encourage them and be a friend. Um, I, I'll never, I'll never, um, I'll never get over the fact that when I was at a place of feeling that 99.9% of the people I knew really honestly didn't care about me. They were only friends with me because it was somehow helping them. And um, then I did start a counseling with you. Mm. And when you said, I just want to be your friend and the impact that had on me, because that wasn't something i had had said to me um, by someone other than like Rhonda or my dad or whatever, there was maybe three people, three or four people that had made that kind of statement to me that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt meant it. And to have that said to me by someone meant the world because most people were either trying to use me or were trying to just tell me what to do. And that's, so be a friend just be someone who is there to encourage, be someone who's there to build up. And, you know, when I think over the people who helped me, who were my friends in those days after Charles died, there's a bond there with them Yeah. because they made a difference in my life well, and be someone, be yeah. someone who makes a difference, be someone who is bonding glue to help put someone back together. Don't be the, knife who's trying to splice them up so that you can make them who you think they should be let god do the healing and you just be there to be used by the holy spirit to be a comforter and to be jesus hands and feet to make a difference in their life yeah and uh there's something crazy uh you know this is the weirdest thing but we we there's something within us that wants to say suck it up get over it when people are really hurting, uh, there's something inside of us, you know, maybe we worked a long day. Maybe, maybe we're not having the best day. Maybe it's a day we don't feel that great. I don't know, but you know, there's something inherent among people that wants to jump on people who are in a bad place. And I mean, I think, and I don't know how we got here from Psalm 14, but that's what I do because my hermeneutics are messed up sometimes, but we know that David's life under King Saul right here was wicked. I mean, it was a wicked time in the history of Israel right now. And there wasn't a lot of people running around worshiping God. And, you know, like it, love it, hate it, lump it. Uh, it was the same way in the Obama administration. So even though we, we can say, you know, and we still have our churches and there's still the godly people. But, I mean, you can feel really alone. You can feel really persecuted. Mm -hmm. You can feel really left out. And then when you go through the terrible trial, the, the, the greatest trial, and we talked about that with the book of Job and the, the book where uh, getting dictated or writing out of that and, 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 you know, the greatest trial and those types of things. I mean, boy, you could be right up against the wall. So yeah. I guess we're turning this to not only what we're going through, but how we can help others. Because I think when we, when we turn our hurt, when we turn our trials, when we turn our bad times, when we turn our anger, when we turn that outward and we turn it into something good and we can tell the person next to us, hey, we've been there. You know, it's going to yeah. be all right. And man, you're going through some junk right now. And I know that. And let me know if I can go get you a, a 
you know, a grande, five pump chai, extra hot, no water. You know, I mean, let me know. Yeah, I've now forgotten how to say that. Man, you know, I. When was the last time you had a chai, Stephanie? Be upfront with me, man. Oh man, that's painful. Um, yeah. We're talking. We're talking. How long have I been on this diet? Two oh. months. Oh, see, see, Stephanie and I, we got to come clean with you. So. We're both on a health journey, but one of the two of us had a birthday on September nineteenth, right. and uh, yeah, and and I went and got a grande five plump chai, extra hot, and that's water. okay. Yeah, and totally but I, good. But I didn't love it, you know. Really? It, yeah, and now it's what a month later, a month and a half later, and and so I've had one chai, and I think it's been nine weeks, eight weeks. It's only been eight weeks, so you're. Like a week and a half behind me. I'm I'm Stephanie's unofficial official health coach. She has a really good <laughs> health coach, a friend of mine, uh, who's great, Amy. But anyway, uh, you know, talking about doing those little things that make a huge difference. It's like yeah. little things do matter. And so when you're like David or you know somebody like David, you gotta do a couple things. If you're like David, you gotta go to God. You, you, you've got to go to that place where, oh, that the salvation of Israel uh, were come out of Zion and how he wants to be delivered. He wants Israel delivered again and looking forward to that and knowing it's coming because in the Old Testament it promised it and knowing that's there. So if you're going through this, get to that place. And then everybody, the people who aren't going through stuff and the people that are going through stuff that are looking to the deliverance, that are looking to God, that are trusting God, uh, then they're, then all of our role turns into be a helper, to, to yeah. put it outward, to take our, our shames, our fears, our mistakes, our, our terrible trials and point them outward to help someone else. I mean, isn't that what it's all about, Stephanie, is helping that next person? Well, when I look at what Jesus did, he was willing to hang on the cross and yet from the cross care for his mother on the cross, care for the thief, um, not to mention bearing the sins of the whole world. I think the very least our reasonable service. Yeah. I think it's our reasonable service to help someone else. I do too. And, and, and you know what? I, that's the least we can do. And, and I think that, um, I think you just hit on something. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And what does it say of that? Holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. And be not conformed to this world. Uh, but be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So I guess, you know, something great kind of just came out of this, I think, Stephanie, and I, I really like uh, where you went with this is, you know, there's a few things we can do, but the most important thing you do is obviously get saved. And we always have Stephanie queue up the, uh, the editor who puts the file at the end of this to talk about salvation because we don't want one person to listen to our podcast and not hear how God's love can save them. And, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, the, the thing you got to get away from or we need to get away from is thinking this fatalistic, we're lonely, the world's coming down, uh, Everything's all over. If you have breath, brethren, you can look forward to the deliverance. It's coming. Christ is coming back. You can look forward to the salvation that God can give. 
and you can help others. You remember, Stephanie, what I told you that I thought part of your healing was? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget when you told me, you, you said you really believed that me healing was going to involve me helping someone else. I had never said that before. It was not a standard phrase, had nothing to do like that. I just got to know Stephanie and I realized a couple things, even though Stephanie downplays herself. Uh, Stephanie's a great communicator. Uh, she's a great person. She's always getting my wife and I stuff that we yell at her about. Uh, she's always sending people packages. She's always looking out for the next person. And I said, this is a human being that God put on earth uh, not to sit on the couch. This is a human being that God has worked for. This And, 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 and folks, I, I practice what I preach. I've been dragging Stephanie and her eight kids all around the country. I mean, if they didn't have school, uh, we'd be in a church every week. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, because I believe that those of us who've been through the greatest trials, those of us, and, and it's all of you probably listen to me, we've all been through trials. All of you listen to me have been to that bad spot. All of you listening to me uh, have felt those terrible times at one point in your life or not. I don't care who you are. You don't escape uh, being a teenager without going through the junk, without having your heart broke in many different ways and stretched in many different cycles. But all of you listen to me, you know, we can make a difference. We can, our healing, uh, God really, God does more healing when we step out and worry about other people than he does when we worry about ourselves. And I can prove that to you in Job. Stephanie and I just finished that study in Job before we came into the book of Psalms. And if you remember how, how did Job get his release, Stephanie? What did he do that God gave him his release? Well, he prayed for his friends. He prayed specifically for those that had harmed him. And I think by doing that, he was stepping out of his himself, stepping out of that circle of his pain to help them. Yeah. He was stepping out to make a difference in their lives. And that's all it took right there. So, folks, as we step out, as we help others, you say, Doug, how do we get to the full doesn't have a God. How do we get to David being lonely, feeling like he's the only one on earth? And we see it again with Elijah. We see it We see it many times in the Bible. How do we get there? Well, I think more important than coming out of this psalm today, because we do things uh, uh, looking at how we can move forward, is how do we get out of there? And the way we get out of there, folks, is we look to the deliverance. We look for Christ coming back in our current covenant. Uh, we know with the promises of Jesus Christ that he can save us. And, uh, and we trust in them. And Stephanie's told us over and over again that it's a decision. Every single day is a decision. My friends, if you're listening to us right now, this is a decision. If you want to be good to your spouse, your kids, your friends, your parents, your whatever, the peeps around you, you need to make a decision to do that and make that decision now. And, and Stephanie, as we close, I want to give you 30 seconds because I kind of overwhelmed you in the last two days. So, uh, so I'm going to give you 30 seconds to tell us something that caught your attention or to make a recommendation to our friends before we close. You're talking about caught my attention in the psalm from today? Yeah. Um, well, I would say a beautiful thing that um, I see in this psalm, and I mentioned this earlier, but that David says that the Lord, that well, he talked about the, the poor being shamed because the Lord is their refuge. But when I go... Up and I and I turn this passage 
opposite. When I go to verse four, there's something incredible to me. Um, and if you flip this around and you put, have all the workers of godliness, knowledge, who serve my people, bread, and to call upon the name of the Lord. That is what we're to be doing. We're to be workers for God who are filled with his knowledge, who mm. feed his people, who give them the bread of life. Yeah. If they're saved. And so when you come to these chapters, learn from the negative, but then say, okay, God, this is what you hate. So by your grace, help me to be the exact opposite. And when you flip those verses around, you come up with calling upon God. You come up with serving. You come up with getting to know everything you can about who God is to you. And so that's my challenge is just get to know Jesus, walk and talk with him, and make him your best friend. And then you can rejoice and you can have that captivity brought back. You can have it reversed yeah and i think that's a beautiful thing that god wants to do in each life i think so too and and i think that uh i think stephanie just hit it right on the head and and uh that was some of the greatest 30 seconds we've had and i appreciate that and we we just at this point i always say to stephanie that uh, what's the most important pe thing people can know and 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 folks let me just say this and i, I want to tell you a little bit about what the bible says about being saved it's very important that you listen to every word Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is we're all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet sinners before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner. We can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart that all we need to do is pray to God, believing in a heart that Christ has died for our sins and ask him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks, he will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at Wounded Spirits dot com.